You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. I have a question for you. And I feel like honestly, all the hands are going to go up today. (laughs) Have you ever felt like your mindset and internal dialogue are holding you back from success? Now, for example, have you ever thought, I'm not qualified enough? It's already been done before. I don't have enough time. Making money is greedy. I can't possibly have a successful business and be a good mom. Is your hand raised? Great. Then you are in for a treat. Today's guest is the incredible Kate Kroko. Kate is a psychotherapist, confidence and mindset coach, and an incredible writer who mentors female leaders around the globe. Her first book of three, Thinking Like a Boss, released with Baker Books in February of 2020. She's the host of a weekly podcast, Thinking Like a Boss, where she shares and equips entrepreneurs to stop believing the lies holding them back from success and to begin believing the truth that they are capable of turning their dreams into a reality. A guest expert on numerous podcasts and telesummits, Kate has been quoted in publications such as Huffington Post, Best Kept Self, She Knows, and Blog Her. Kate currently resides in New York with her husband, her two sweet girls, and her rescue pup, Turbo. Today, we jump straight in with Kate on all things mindset. We talk about some of the biggest lies and difficulties female entrepreneurs face today, what it means to fake it until you become it, how women often use our financial situation as a barrier, the comparison trap, especially how that relates to moms in business, boundaries, and so much more. Lindsay and I are nerding out over this episode. I mean, if you know us, you know how much we believe in the power of mindsets, especially as entrepreneur. And today is a freaking goldmine of information and tools. So kick back, grab a notebook and prepare to get your mind blown. Let's go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Hey, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are beyond excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chat with you ladies. Oh my gosh. I just know our listeners are going to have their mind blown by all your (laughs) wisdom. So, oh my gosh, let's get started. First off, for anyone that doesn't know you, tell us your story and a little bit about yourself and where you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I'm Kate Krakow. I'm a therapist, author, confidence and mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. I live in New York with my husband. We have a 19 month old and a just turned three year old little girls. And, um, My journey started about six years ago. I started a private practice, a therapy practice, and went through all of the lies that I sort of help my clients with today of feeling like I wasn't qualified to start a business, feeling like I didn't have enough enough together to start a business, feeling like I didn't have the blueprint or all of the steps that I needed in place to be successful in business. And... um, 
by working through some of those sort of limiting beliefs I was telling myself, I was actually able to grow my business pretty quickly and leave my nine to five within three months of starting. And um, it's this business that I have today of doing confidence and mindset coaching really just was sort of born out of that after out of my own um, journey of insecurity. And I had other people just saying like, how do you do it? How did you work through that? How are you able to really just move ahead so quickly and get back up when you have a difficult day? And um, this business, uh, the confidence and mindset coaching business, I started about four and a half years ago. Um, and then throughout that journey of having another business, um, motherhood, having two babies, I decided to write a book in the process of that. And um, that's just sort of what got me to where I am today now. I, mean, I love you, it. You're a superwoman, honestly. <laughs> oh, thank I you. I don't feel it. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, okay. So talk to us a little bit then about your work as a therapist and, and then transitioning, did, was it therapy and then mindset coaching? Like how did that come about? And from that, I guess, how do you feel that those experiences have kind of like shown you the difficulties that so many women face with launching or running their own business? Like how does that all kind of tie in? Yeah. So in my work as a therapist, I was trained in something called dialectical behavior therapy. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'll just give like a very simple overview. It's a skills-based cognitive behavior therapy um, to pretty much help you in all different areas of life. So there are four pillars in DBT. That's what we call it. Um, there's interpersonal effectiveness. So how to best communicate in relationships and get across what you're trying to get across, how to stick up for yourself, how to say no, how to have boundaries. Then there is distress tolerance. So how to tolerate really difficult times, how to work through that. Um, there's emotion regulation. So when you feel like your emotions are sort of a roller coaster, which is being an entrepreneur all the time, yes. <laughs> there are specific skills to help you work through that. Then there um, is mindfulness, which that's sort of self-explanatory. And really the gist of dialectical mm -hmm. behavior therapy, it goes, um, it, you know, self-explanatory with the dialectics. So dialectics is being able to see that you can be two things at once. So you can have joy in your life and you can also experience pain. And being able to learn acceptance and learn that life, to have a joyful life or to have um, a fulfilled life, it doesn't mean that it has to be free from pain because I think it's inevitable. Like we can't avoid pain. There's always going to be yeah. disappointment mm -hmm. in life. Um, and for me, you know, learning that in grad school, then using that in my therapy practice, really using it on myself to better understand myself as just a person and a friend and as a business owner, I, I realized that these are skills that really anyone should have, whether you are in therapy or you're not in therapy, like these are just great human skills to have. And I had 
different entrepreneurs who were just coming to me and saying like, how do you, how do you work through this? Like, how do you work through the difficulties? Like how have you been able to find success so quickly in in your business? And I just started to teach those skills and that's what sort of started this business. It was not something that I was planning on doing. It just sort of happened organically. Um, which I think for many people, that's just how the journey is, but it doesn't mean that it was Mm -hmm. easy because once I got it started, all of these roadblocks came in the way and I realized, okay, you know, I feel like I had that first business down, you know, it was pretty, simple for me now, but this next business, it's like new level, new devil. Now I have all of these new challenges because not Mm -hmm. only do I have to market my business locally, but I also need to do so online. And for me, I was just terrified to put myself online, like to put my words, to put my pictures, like anything. And I told myself, if I can get through this, just like other things I've gotten through in life, I can help other people. And I just sort of hit the ground running and started to market my business online, talk about it, do videos, post, you know, all the things that you have to do to get visible. And I realized that within time, it just got easier. And, you know, that's something that I always share is that you know, some people think you're just confident, right? Like people are just born with confidence or they learn it and they have it forever. But confidence is like a muscle. It's something that we have to work on all the time. And confidence is born through consistency. It's doing uncomfortable things over and over and over again until they feel a little more comfortable. And once they are comfortable, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you can just stop the work. It's work that you have to work on all the time, just like a muscle. You have to, in order to keep that look, you have to keep on going and exercising. So that's really the story of this new business um, and how I got here and like the work that I'm doing with my clients. You know, it all comes down to mindset and the lies that so many of my clients tell themselves. And the book that I wrote, Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success, I highlight the top 12 lies. Um, And these are lies that I experience. These are lies that most of the women I work with experience. And I always say, if you're experiencing these, don't feel like you're a failure. Just know that you're actually in a good place because it means you're moving forward. If you're not coming Mm -hmm. up against something, it means you're probably comfortable and you're just sitting in that comfortability and that's not a good place to be in. So the Mm -hmm. more growth, the more pain you're going to experience, but with each new experience, you learn to work through it and it gets a little bit easier each time. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love what you said about um, confidence. I, we, I feel like me and Evie get that question all the time and just, uh, just of people wanting to be more confident and wanting to know how to do it. And I love that you compared it to a muscle because I think that's so true. You have to practice it. You don't, you're not born with it. Um, and it, it is something that takes time. And, and the more you do it, the more you get out there. Um, I think for us, we mainly get the question as it really results to like showing up on social media mm. with your face. Because I think that's something we do a lot. And a lot of people are nervous to do. And I, I get why. Um, but I, I always recommend just like showing up, doing the work over and over and over again. So I love mm-hmm. just that little bit that you talked about with 
comparing it to a muscle. I think that's so good. And then, okay, you talked about a little bit of all the lies in your book. So your book is obviously born out of your own experiences. But my question is, when did you realize you were believing lies that were holding you back? And then what did you do about it when you realized that? So it was in the first business and the therapy practice, um, getting on the phone with people, just even sharing with people that I had a business. I, I was afraid to tell people because I would tell myself, but what if it fails? Like, what if I don't do well? What if no one actually calls? Mm -hmm. So I didn't really tell anyone for a while. And I just looked at it as like this little hobby. And then I realized, all right, I have to take this seriously. If I want a business, I have to step into that CEO mindset. So that's when I realized that I was falling prey to these lies and that I needed to do something about it. And that's when I started to work on dialectical behavior therapy and like teach myself some of those skills that I was teaching my therapy clients. Here's what I thought then, because this was my first experience with it. I thought once I work through all of these, then I'm set, like business will be so easy. And I didn't realize like that's so far from the truth. Again, each new level, each new place you get to, each new pivot in your business, there's going to be something else you're going to come against. And mm -hmm. you're going to have to keep practicing. You're going to have to keep working on these every single day. And in many ways, like the further ahead you get in your business or your career, there's going to be even more. Like it feels like you're tested even more than you were even in the past. So that's sort of when I realized, okay, this is what I'm struggling with. And uh, this is something I'm going to have to work on for a long time, probably forever. Uh, I absolutely love that, Kate. Well, okay, let's dive into maybe a little bit of like a specific issue, question, lie that a lot of people like are dealing with and that you talk about in your book. So um, talk to us about what does it mean to, you know, fake it till you become it? Because that's a phrase that you use. So do you want to kind of unpack that a little yeah, bit for us? So I think so many women tell themselves and also men, I will step into that place once I'm confident, once I feel like I'm ready to do that thing, whether it's starting the business mm -hmm. um, or going onto social media. And the thing is, if you tell yourself you're not going to do it until you're ready, you're never going to be ready because ready just never comes. Yes. Right. Yep. I mean, if I was, if I told myself like, I'll do this, I'll get started when I'm ready. Like I'd still be waiting today. Like you're just, no one ever cracks mm -hmm. that code of figuring out readiness. So the yeah. important thing to do is when you're not feeling confident, when you're not feeling ready, start showing up as that future version of yourself. So what I used to do, mm -hmm. because I'm still actually working through this, my fear of being on a stage speaking in front of hundreds of people. It's something that is really exciting for me, but it's also something that's really scary. And several years ago, when I started doing a little bit of public speaking to like smaller groups, I would envision myself as someone who was doing like a TED talk, someone who was so confident walking across that stage, um, not feeling any of the feels that I was experiencing. And it started to really help. And there's actually, there's a TED talk by Amy Cuddy. I don't know if you guys have watched this before, but she talks so. about like sort of doing these power poses. And I remember 
trying it at one of the first workshops that I hosted. And you just have to like stand very confidently, walk confidently, like put on a pair of high heels, even if you don't wear high heels, just to practice, right? Yes. <laughs> practice walking around I like love you that. own the place and that no, you have no care in the world. Like nothing is going to get you down. And again, I would picture myself as someone that I really looked up to who is already a speaker and just, just acting as if I was already that future version of myself. And just to start, and you know, here's the thing, I say fake it till you become it, but you're not actually faking it because what I believe is that that person that you're trying to be, who you see yourself as in the future, that's actually you underneath all of these layers of insecurities. And again, you're not faking it. You're just really stepping into that version of you. And you're peeling away those lies mm -hmm. and those stories that you told yourself. Because we tell ourselves either past stories or future stories. We think back to the past and times that we failed or times that we were embarrassed or, you know, this could go back to elementary or middle school. And then we also think of the future and we tell ourselves those future stories of like, but what if I fall or what if this happens and that happens? And it's really about just keeping yourself in the present and showing up how you want to show up. And when you can just keep your eyes on that, I promise you will like, maybe you won't 100% step into that version just yet, but you will step into it a little bit more than if you are keeping yourself small and telling yourselves those negative stories. Oh my God. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> I feel like we could spend an entire podcast yeah. episode talking about that because amen. And I think that's so important to realize even, you know, I'm reading through uh, a book right now that's talking about you you can't say, you know, oh, I'm, you know, trying to do X. I'm trying to get to the gym every week or whatever. You can be like, mm. no, I'm, I get to the gym every week or something. And just changing those little things and being like, no, I'm an athlete or I'm, you know, a non-smoker or whatever those, whatever that is and stating that as your identity, your actions follow from there. Mm. So I feel like that's just been like, what you just said, Kate, is like kind of hammering in something that I've already been kind of studying a little bit mindset stuff wise this week. So I love, I love that. that. I cannot agree I'll more. I'll have to get that book from you. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay. I'm kind of pivoting a little bit with the questions, but Kate, I would love to know how do women often use their financial situation as a barrier? I feel like this we could. This is probably another one that we could dive all into for the entire <laughs> rest of the podcast, but um, I think just in general, women and finances, there's like, a, there's something there and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. So I'm going to, I usually don't start with this area, but I was talking about it with some other clients this week. And I think this one's important. So one way that a lot of women hold themselves back financially is because they're actually fearful to out earn their partner. Ooh. Yeah. So they subconsciously don't realize that they're doing this. They have no idea, but they're afraid. What would actually happen if I out earn my partner? Like how would that shake up our relationship? How would that change the dynamic? And, you know, you would think, oh, it would be great, right? They would be happy. They would be, they would be cheering us, cheering for us. But 
for some people, they're actually fearful. Like, will my mm-hmm. partner feel threatened? Will they, I don't know, will they feel like I'm trying to step on their toes? Like, it's crazy because so many women actually experience this. And I don't know if you've talked to anyone who've had, who's had this situation, but once you can sort of identify it and then start to have those conversations um, with your significant other and just say like, hey, what would that be like if I actually made more money than you? Because that's a possibility. Being a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, the sky is the limit. Yep. I think that's really good to remember to have that communication it like in the forefront and almost talking yeah. about it before it might become a reality. I think... I mean, that's a good relationship principle, no matter what, is talk about things before they happen or like in, in lieu of or leading up to, mm-hmm. yeah, just to prevent conflict. But I think that's really good and important that that you talk with your significant other and really, I don't know, just because I, I can totally see. I mean, I'm in the situation um, where I, I make more than my husband and he's actually quitting his job and mm-hmm. kind of joining me. So then it's kind of going to be like, a family business, I guess. So that way that might be a different situation, but, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, that, that is a definite situation that I feel like a lot of people might deal with. Yeah. I think, I think there's so many, um, different layers to that one, even recognizing that, you know, historically speaking, typically the man is the provider of the family and, you know, Lindsay and I both, believe, I don't know necessarily about you, Kate, but we believe that God created the man to be the protector and the provider as well. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the woman also can't provide. I mean, look at Proverbs 31 woman, but it also, I think it, it leads to an understanding of the man is, it's built into him to protect and provide for his family. And so if, you know, the wife or the woman, the whatever is earning more money, how, you know, how does that affect that, that Mm -hmm. ingrained DNA in the man? And I think it's totally doable. I mean, I think Lindsay and I both are in that position. Um, And it's totally, totally doable. You just have to communicate through it. You have to continue to, you know, just like any relationship, honor the other person in everything that they do. And it, it can't become a, I'm better than you because of the dollar signs. Like it, it has to be a communication of respect and honor on all fronts. Right. But I can, I'd never really thought of that actually subconsciously holding women back from mm-hmm. pursuing like success or financial freedom or whatever you want to call it. So, wow, that's, that's a whole thing to digest right there. Yeah. I love that you brought up the faith piece too, because I feel like especially women who are believers, Mm -hmm. This is something like when they're really leaning into scripture, they feel that even more. And then that also takes us to, but I'm doing my business as a ministry or I'm doing my business as a way to serve others. So I don't feel like I should be charging for this. And that's something that so many women struggle with. And growing up, my dad was actually a pastor. Oh, wow. And I saw this firsthand because he, as a pastor, he didn't really make any money, right? Because especially back then, this was just the dynamic was he just did it to serve. Right. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because of that, he had to work several jobs. He was a, he was an entrepreneur. He had several businesses. 
So he was never home. Mm. And that really impacted our family. That impacted my mom, my sister, myself, like not really having my dad around and present all of the time. Um, Again, because this was his ministry was serving other people, but not being able to receive an income enough to pay the bills. Um, So for me, I just look back and I see that impact that it had on us and really believe that in order to show up for your family, in order to be that best version of you, you have to charge for your services. Yeah. And it's a little different when it's like a church, but I mean, there should be a salary at a church Mm-hmm. that provides enough to pay the bills. Yeah. Um and for me, you know, I always have to remember that and just put my my girls first and rem- remind myself each time I ch- I charge for something that you know, in order to show up for my clients, I have to show up for my family. In order to show up for my family, I have to charge. Yeah. Um And again, I think that it's hard for women, especially when they feel like this is my calling or this is a ministry, but you have, you have to, it's just, there's, there's no other way around that. That's just, those are my beliefs. So I cannot agree with that more. And I think, (laughs) I think so many people forget that, like, even if you are not experienced at all, your time as a human being is valuable and you should charge for it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and bringing it back to why, why do you need to charge for it? Because you can't just burn yourself out. You have to provide for your family. And that just tying all of that together, I think it is so good. And so I, what I hear you saying is like giving women permission to charge and to make money. Like that is okay. Mm-hmm. Full permission granted, you can make money and you can succeed at it yeah. and you can make a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And the <laughs> the more money you make, the more you can give back. And that's just also my yeah. perspective too, is that yep. to think like, oh, what my, my business brings in today, I can give so much more than I was able to give when I was at a nine to five. Yeah. 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 And I think it's important to also realize that I think being, I think we've talked about this. Maybe I talked about this on another guest podcast episode. I don't really remember at this point, but I I think the the faith and money and business is a whole conversation as well in recognizing that being able to step up and having the resources of, you know, time, money, all of that to pour into the people around you, to impact your community, to impact your family, to impact, you know, people in need is is such a blessing mm-hmm. and earning money is not innately a selfish thing. In fact, it can be one of the most selfless things that you can do to show up and serve people, offer a product or service that is going to impact their lives powerfully to receive money in exchange for that. And then to turn around and use that money to continue to impact and bless people. So I think there's a whole stigma around like money mm. and money mindset that we could probably spend a whole nother <laughs> episode talking about. But yes, I mean, just amen to all of that and recognizing that you know, money is not necessarily a bad thing to earn, to provide for yourself and also provide for people around you. Mm. I also see money as just a magnifier of our heart. So yeah, if you're, here's the thing, if you're even guessing like, am I greedy? If you're, if you're even considering that you are 100% not a greedy person because a greedy person (laughs) never 
second guess that. Yeah. But if you, yeah. And if, if you are giving with just a little bit of money, you are going to be even more giving with a lot. And yeah, I, I just think that money just on, like I've seen this cause we have also my husband and I have some businesses together and just like working with partners and stuff like you money shows you what their heart is, like where their heart is really at. Mm-hmm. And totally it can be a great thing, but also can be a, a scary thing too, to really see where people's hearts are at. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like that it reveals so much mm-hmm. for sure. Who thinks the legal part of running a biz is scary and expensive? Well, my friend, it doesn't have to be. Introducing the Contract Vault, which provides all access to reliable contract templates specific to the creative entrepreneur industry. On top of the contracts, you get access to the members-only Facebook group where Andrea Sager, the founder, teaches live every single month all about the legal stuff. Whether you've made $100, $1,000, $10,000, or a million dollars, you are still responsible for all the legal stuff, just like Fortune 500 companies are. You ain't exempt, honey. <laughs> the problem is that most of us entrepreneurs aren't lawyers, so the whole legal side of things can be crazy confusing. But the Contract Vault aims to arm you with all the legal knowledge in order to steer clear of those cease and desist letters and yucky lawsuits. All that messy stuff that you do not want to deal with. So sign up now at thecontractvault.com and use the promo code Heart and Hustle for 20% off to get your hands on more than 80 contract templates and the legal knowledge you need to crush it in your business. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay. Well, let's actually, let's talk. I mean, it's kind of along the same, like looking at other people of like looking at your own heart and then looking around at other people. Let's talk a little bit about comparison mm. um, and maybe specifically about comparison for moms in business. So why do you feel that that might be like a, a very particular pitfall for moms in business? I think that first of all, we all need everyone just needs to be more transparent. And, you know, if you're listening to this, most likely you're on social media. And I think it's just so important as humans in general that we always just show what's really going on because I think it's dangerous for people, especially like I hear of like entrepreneurs or just people I know who are new to social media or new to following accounts. And they just think like, what they see is reality. And we know that that's not true. And, you know, as a mom, I like to show, like, if you go onto my Instagram, it's, it usually is like a circus. And I actually started um, a second account where I can like really show even more behind the scenes. Um, and just to keep my business account a little bit more of a business account. But I think it's so important that we show what it's really like. We show the messiness. We show the hardships at times, um, because there's not a lot of that out there. And I think it's just easy for women, especially moms to look around and just think like, oh, it's so easy for her. Like, to be honest, it drives me crazy. If I, if someone is like, oh yeah, it's so easy having kids. Um, like they, they nap and sleep all the time and it's, yeah, it's no big deal. I'm like, you're <laughs> lying. Like, that's not the truth. You're <laughs> lying. Amen. Oh, like, amen. it's just <laughs> what it's I not love, the truth. I love the, I just 
opening it up and being like, hey, being honest. I mean, I think people on social media are craving authenticity and craving that real rawness. And especially when everyone shows up curated and perfect and like has that perfect little image of them in an apron (laughs) with their kids in a kitchen. And it's like, no, that's not (laughs) what it looks like. Uh, So I love just you speaking into that. Yeah. And it's never like that. Like I guarantee they're screaming at their kids to get them to smile. And I know that because I've done that myself. Like everyone smile for the Christmas picture. (laughs) We have to get these done. Look, (laughs) I only have one kid, but I've honestly considered doing like filming the entire process of like doing a quote unquote photo shoot with her and like putting it on my IGTV because it just is so funny, like trying to get a child to smile. I mean, and obviously (sighs) it's different for every age, but uh, it's just, it's a, it's a circus. That's a perfect analogy. It's a three ring circus here. (laughs) So I think, you know, someone who does this so well is Sarah Blakely of Spanx. I don't know if you guys follow her. Mm -hmm. Yes. But she's someone who's a billionaire very successful and she shows behind the scenes like i remember like watching stories of her like oh no i forgot to pick up my kids from school or i forgot to send them in with lunch or they're the only kid that ended up coming in with no costume on and that just made me feel like wow if she can do it so can i like if she can run a business and be successful like life doesn't have to be perfect and i think that that's just that should just be the theme for everyone is that our lives don't have to be perfect. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, we want our Instagram feeds to look pretty and that's totally fine, but somehow show vulnerability in some type of way, whether it's a vlog or an IGTV or a story or something like just show that you're human. Cause I think it helps other people. Yes. And I think it helps combat that comparison because you're not like you're opening up the wall to show people that yes. like, hey, it's not actually like this. And it makes us feel, I mean, the amount of times that I've even shared something that uh, like a real life moment behind the scenes of with my daughter uh, that's messy or or crazy or whatever it is, I get so many responses that are like, thank you for like, yeah. I feel less alone. I like, I relate so hard. And I like, I think that's what it's about, honestly. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so good to approach it from a perspective of, you know, inviting people into the day-to-day moments when you can also, I mean, Lindsay and I did a whole podcast episode on online vulnerability and just encouraging people. There's, there's a really healthy balance of showing, you know, the real life and the struggles and the messy moments and all the imperfections. But there's also, I think there can be, I don't know if you agree with this, Kate, there can be a really dangerous way of going about it too, where Mm. all you ever show is the mess. Um, and it almost becomes a, like a, like a trap or a pit of just, you know, nothing's ever working out and everyone may feel like they relate to it, but they also don't necessarily feel hope or excitement or inspiration. So Mm. I think there's a really healthy balance of the two where you show that imperfection and the behind the scenes and the mess and all of it, but you're also continually showing the encouragement and the hope and the joy and the inspiration, even in the midst of the chaos. So yes, amen to all of it. I 100% agree. I always say, and I don't know who, where this quote came from, but sharing your scars and not your wounds. So Mm, that's a really good. Yeah. Cause I think often people think in order to be vulnerable, I need to share it all, but you know, you can share and you can say, I'm, you know, going through, I'm struggling with something right now. It's a really difficult season, but I think 
in order to actually share it, like we need to process it first because if it's still open and we've seen this a lot lately, especially in the online space is when something's very raw and open, when someone disagrees with you or questions something that you say, you're going to attack back. Like you're not going to be in the right mind to be able to say like, this doesn't bother me anymore. Like I think back when I struggled with an eating disorder, if I would have shared about it while I was struggling with it, if someone said to me like, girl, eat a sandwich, because I've had that said to me before in the past, I would have, you know, I would have, if that was on social media, I would have cried. I would have attacked back. I would have been very reactive. Where now Mm -hmm. I can talk about it and it's fine because it's a scar. And it's, I can actually educate and and be of benefit to the other person rather than also tearing that other person down. Because I think, you know, hurt people hurt people. And it's important that we are fully processed before we share the vulnerability. Amen. Well, and you're coming from it from a place of victory Mm, where, like you just said, it's a scar, not a wound. And I think the intention with sharing it when it's a scar is to actually serve and help people. The intention to share it when it's a wound might be a little bit more murky, like a little bit like I need something from people. I need validation Mm. or I need help. Um, But I think getting help on social media might not be the best way to go about it. But, uh, (laughs) uh, but I love, I love that metaphor because we've talked about this so many times, but I love the scar wound thing. Like that's, uh, that's such a perfect picture of what, what it is. Mm. Okay, so just changing it again a little bit. You talked earlier about boundaries. I would love to go into this because I could, ooh, I'm just all about boundaries and I'm a big advocate for those. And so what are some important principles that you'd recommend in setting up boundaries, especially for women in just their life and business? Oh, so this could be, I think this is actually my next book is all on boundaries because- Oh, okay, I'm excited to read it. Yes, yes. (laughs) This is a big topic and- it just, I'm actually, I'm doing a four part series on my podcast right now with this too, is yes, the, the place you have to start and people don't realize this. Most people feel like they crossed my boundaries. They overstepped. It's their fault. But honestly, boundaries start with us. We're the first person we have yes. to set them with. If we can't set them with ourselves and draw those lines ourselves, no one will ever respect that. And I think that if we can look back at every situation and just sort of just just take a look and say, you know, was it that they overstepped or was it that I allowed them to come in and I allowed them to come to this place or whatever, then we don't have that resentment. Because I think that's what happens is when we feel people cross our boundaries, we have this anger and resentment towards them. And You know, I think, again, it just, it starts with us. Mm -hmm. We have to figure out what do our boundaries even look like? I don't think most people have a clue what their boundaries look like. Mm, That's so, so true and so good. I feel like that's one of the most important things we have to nail down as entrepreneurs, especially as we're growing our businesses, because the, the bigger you grow, the more demands there are on your time, your attention, your energy, your resources, all of it. And you have to learn how to put those boundaries in place or else you will crash and burn because there's so much pull from all directions. Well, Kate, do you feel like there's any in particular, like any practical examples of 
boundaries that are really healthy that you've seen work really well in a lot of female entrepreneurs' lives or anything like that that you wanted to like, somebody might walk away like encouraged or able to try this or anything like that? Yeah, I think it's being flexible with yourself and telling yourself that, you know, just because you have a boundary today doesn't mean it has to look like that tomorrow. Because I think sometimes when we're trying to set boundaries up, we almost go to the extreme, like to this like even higher extreme where like it doesn't really need to be. So I think it's about learning to look like boundaries are fluid and they can change at any time and being okay with that. So learning to practice self-love and say, you know, just because I said no yesterday doesn't mean that it's going to be a no for me tomorrow. And I have like a bunch of, you know, just like little shifts I can share with you that I think might be helpful. Um, One thing I always say is that, because I think in business, we have a lot of great opportunities and things that we want to say yes to um, because maybe we feel like they'll get us ahead or they'll open up doors for us. And my question is always, you know, is this something that you really want? Because if this is not a hell yes today, if it's not something that you would drop everything for today, don't say yes. Mm -hmm, Because I think we often feel that in the future, I'll have more time and I could probably commit in the future. But what it usually comes down to is that we just have a hard time saying no. And maybe it's like we sort of want to do this thing or we sort of feel bad. So I always say, you know, is this something that you feel like you need to do, you have to do, or you should do? And if that's why you're saying yes, don't say yes. Mm -hmm. It should be a yes because you want to, you get to. And um, I think that we say yes to so many things out of guilt because we don't want to disappoint people we love. We don't want to disappoint clients. And you know, I, I have so many clients that will say like, I can't believe it. Instead of, um, you know, giving this offer service for free, I gave them a link to actually pay for my product or service. And they were very excited and they paid right away. And I think that people are, it's, it's funny because people are surprised that when they show respect for themselves, that the right people will also show it back. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that the only way to know that is to practice like everything, you know, we have to just practice these boundaries and they get easier. And, um, I think we have to practice in, in small ways. We have to practice in our personal lives and then we practice in our businesses. And I think the better that we get in both, the better both will be. Mm. Amen. That's so good. Yeah. And I think it's important, like you said, to to be flexible. And one of the ways that I've really found that really helps me do that is to just consistently take inventory of where my time and energies are going, what's draining me, what's giving me life, what's inspiring me, what's, you know, dragging me down, what, you know, I may have said yes to this thing last week, but how am I feeling about it today? Okay. In the future, maybe I won't say yes to something like that because honestly, I am not feeling it this week and I really wish I'd said no. So let me like take, make a note of that. And I think that's just something that I've learned as I've grown in business just consistently analyze and take inventory of your boundaries and your commitments. And, you know, 
is going to bed early and getting up early, giving you more inspiration. Great. Then keep that up. Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, making you more tired throughout the day and you're not working as well? Maybe try a different later schedule, you know, just consistently trying new things and then taking notes of how it makes you feel and how it impacts you and your business and your life. So yes, I love everything that you just said. So good. I love how you said the boundaries with yourself, with time, right? Like rather than scrolling at night, let's just go to bed and wake up early. Yeah. 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 And that's actually something that I've been working on doing like very, just a very, very practical example. Um, I've realized, especially during like the whole quarantine period, Mm. I was allowing myself to just sit in bed and scroll through like Instagram and I got back on TikTok. Man, that thing is a black hole. Um, (laughs) It literally is. is. Um, But I let myself, I, I realized that like a while back and deleted the app from my phone because I was like, I can't do this. This is taking so much of my time. Um, but during quarantine, I was like, oh, you know, my evenings are a little more free. I can't hang out with friends. I'll just download TikTok and like, you know, get a little bit of enjoyment. And I would just scroll. And so I started really making a very strict rule of no phone for an hour or two before bed. I can read a book in bed, mm-hmm. but my phone is not allowed to be anywhere near me because I don't sleep as well when I've been on my phone before I go to sleep. So even like little things like that, and I, I don't usually let myself touch my my phone for about an hour or two in the morning as well. So I get up, I go outside, I take my dog out, I put in a workout, I eat breakfast, and then I'm allowed to get on my technology. So little shifts like that, I noticed make a huge difference in my focus, my energy level, my, you know, excitement for work, my whatever, everything. I feel like it shifts so much for me, but those are just little things that I noticed. Wow. I really don't like how I sleep or feel when I've been scrolling on my phone before bed. Mm. So little inventory checks like that of uh, this doesn't feel good. But when I put it away and read a book, I feel a lot better about everything. So (laughs) little boundaries like that for me definitely have made such a huge difference. Like little shifts have made such an overall shift in my entire life and business that it's just mind boggling sometimes. Mm. That's so good. I have a friend (laughs) who puts she this is what she says. She puts her phone to bed every night. And I love, oh my God. love it. Amazing. She puts her phone, her phone has an APM bedtime. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, love, I actually love, I love that. The mindset of that or like the, the phrasing of the word, almost like you put mm-hmm. your kids to bed at like seven or eight and then you just put yeah. your phone to bed and then you have your time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. I might have to start using that in my mentality shift because that's yes. amazing. Oh, <laughs> yep. The bed goes to bed I meant the phone goes to bed at 8 p.m. <laughs> oh, I love it. So good. Okay, Kate. So throughout the book, you walk readers through different visualization exercises to help them combat lies that they might be believing. Would you be down to walk us through one of those today on the show? Yeah. So I have a really fun one. And this this fun one helps you really reconnect to things that maybe you're sort of missing in your life, in your business. Because as an entrepreneur, we have these ideas. All right, when we're at our nine to fives, we say, okay, once I start this business, once I leave my nine to five, I am going to have all the time in the world to spend more time with friends and family, to travel, to paint, like just, I'm just trying to think of, I don't have a ton of hobbies, so I don't have a ton to to list, but maybe cook, (laughs) cook, bake things like that. But we have all these ideas of all these things we're going to do. And then we become an entrepreneur and maybe we leave our nine to fives. And then we look around a year or two later and we're like, 
oh my gosh, we have never done those things that we said we were going to do. I don't know where my time is gone. So this little visualization exercise that I have just helps you reconnect back to when you were a little kid, because I believe that all of the answers, or at least a lot of the answers are there before the world. So think back to when you were a little kid. Okay. Let's like your earliest memories that you had. And before the world told you that you couldn't be an astronaut or a fireman, whatever it was you wanted to be. Um, Think of what you loved. Think of the way that you believed in yourself and you believed that you could be anything that you wanted to be. And what were those things that you were doing? Like, think about what the day looked like, what the weather was like, like, what did it feel like? Um, when I visualize back to being a little kid, I always get this visual of like running through a sprinkler in my little bathing suit and just having like not a care in the world. And what I suggest for people is to get back into that mindset of when you were a little kid and the way that you just looked at the world. It was, it didn't feel like a scary place. you felt limitless. You felt like there were so many opportunities out there for you. And then reconnect to those things that you loved. Was it, was it dancing? Was it singing? And try to find ways to bring those back into your life. Because I think of different elements. I know for, I know for me, like I loved, I loved to dance. I loved to sing. I was never a good dancer, singer. Um, but it goes back to like performance. And for me, you know, I have a podcast or I love doing Instagram lives and that's performance. So it's me reconnecting reminds me like, this is something that I loved as a child. And I had no fear about when I was a child and it was a world and people's opinions that changed my view of that. So when I show up and when I perform, I just have to go back into that little girl mindset again, believing that I can do everything that I want to do and I can be anything I want to be. So I don't know if you guys could visualize back at all, if you had any thoughts that came up or any pictures that came up for you. And you don't have to, I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you share. <laughs> but <laughs> like, let's go to their, their therapy session right now. I'm like, okay, let's I go. I know. I'm like, really enjoying this. <laughs> I definitely, I had literally, before you said the sprinkler thing, I literally envisioned myself as a kid, like in my backyard with like a pool and a sprinkler uh, and like having my friends over, like going on a slip and slide where we would put like dish soap yes. and like water or whatever on the, like on a long little like tarp <laughs> thing. Like that's where I, my mind went. And then I also even even I guess a little bit older, not as kid-like, I would always make like stupid music videos. TikTok! Um, but, like, <laughs> but like brilliant music videos. And like literally on that, that old like camcorder that you would put like a cassette in yes. and it would record. And then I would plug it into like our Windows computer and edit it on like Windows Movie Maker. Literally, uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of foreshadowing what I do now, which is kind of laughable. Like it's yeah. like just so cool that like, I had such creativity and I didn't care. And I just, I wasn't the cool kid. And I just like went around and just like made silly music videos with my friends because we wanted to be cool and be like Disney Channel stars. (laughs) (laughs) 
I got this like picture, which I think this is actually a memory. I'm not totally sure. Um, but we had this little like, like tree bush in our front yard as kids that like was falling over. I don't even know the name of it, but it basically made a fort inside mm. of this like tree. Um, and so we would always like, that was our little like tree fort with all the neighbor kids. And, um, I would like make mud pies and all this imaginary games. And it would just be like me rounding up the neighbor kids to play all sorts of imaginary games. And then we would, you know, go into the backyard and take my wagon and we'd take off the little like sides, the wooden slat sides, and we'd grab some like branches and we'd bend them over and then we'd put a sheet over it. So it was a covered wagon. (laughs) And like, we would literally, we would go into the garage and I would grab my parents like intercoms that they would use from like upstairs to downstairs and I'd plug them into the garage and then to the front porch and we'd all set up desks and I'd have like old phones and old keyboards and like old just (sighs) broken stuff that my parents were going to throw out that I used for imaginary games and like I would sit on the front porch with one of the intercoms and like three or four of the other neighbor kids I would put them into the garage with like three or four (laughs) of the intercoms (laughs) and I would be on the front porch and they'd intercom me because I was the boss and, oh my and they were like, they, we were playing this whatever business that we created and I was the boss and I was telling them what to do. And they, when they would come into my office for like a meeting and like, wow. it's so funny to look back on all of that now and just see the imagination and the creativity and then the like organization and the leadership that I was probably like five, six, seven, like through all of these memories. And I'm just looking at it now and being like, wow, like what a crazy plot twist in the world to be like essentially doing that in my life right now. That is beautiful. Wow. So fun. That was such a fun exercise. Thank you for walking us through that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for diving into it with me. Okay. Oh my gosh. As we're kind of nearing the end of the show, I have a question. What one thing would you, or what, I guess, what one thing should a woman start right now to do to begin thinking like a boss, since that's the title of your book? Oh, this is... (laughs) When it's always the one thing, it's really hard for me because I have I so read it. <laughs> yeah. Just narrow all right. it all down, so Kate. <laughs> this is this is the thing. Tell yourself today's the most time you're ever going to have, and just get started on whatever that new thing is, that project or whatever. Because I think when life feels busy and full, we say, "All right, I'll start that tomorrow," or "I'll start that once this project's over." But what happens is our lives just get busier. Like, I don't know about you, but it never slows down. It only speeds up. Yeah. So if you keep telling yourself that you'll do the thing once time slows down, life slows down, you're going to be waiting forever. So if it's a priority for you, just get it started today. Mm. Mm. That's so good. That is freaking fire. (laughs) Okay. Well then this is like a personal question of you that might kind of be somewhat similar. What do you feel is the biggest lesson that you have learned in business so far? Hmm. I think it's a lesson that I continually still come up against. Like I'll notice, I I think it's one of those things where I think I'm over it and then it comes back up. And I think for me, it's something I recently experienced is just doing it for yourself and not mm. needing to prove to other people. I think that so often we were trying, I think 
no matter where we get to, we're just, I feel like it's easy to just continue to keep wanting to prove you to prove to yourself or prove to other people that you can do this next thing. And I think it's like just taking the time to sit and to celebrate what you've done and to just do it because you love it and not because you want, I don't know, you want it, you want other people to see it. That's so good. I I think that's so, so, so important for almost any entrepreneur to, you know, realize I think there's so much danger that comes from doing whatever you're doing for others. Whereas there's so much joy that comes from doing it, you know, for yourself, for the people, you know, around you that you love, you know, starting a business to provide for your family. That's for you and yourself and your family instead of trying to prove something to the outside world. So, oh, that's so good. I I love love that. that. Well, Kate, thank you so much. It has been such an honor to have you on the show. I just took away so many nuggets of wisdom this last hour, and I know our listeners did too. So if everyone's obsessed with you as they are, because they're (laughs) listening to this, (laughs) where can everyone find you, get your book, get connected with you, all of that jazz? Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. Just my name, Kate Krako. My book you can find at any major online store. Um, right now there's actually a Kindle sale. It's like $1.99 for the month of June. I don't know if this is coming out in June, um, but it's a great, a great little deal. Um, yes. And I have a podcast called Thinking Like a Boss. Every week I do just a little 20 minute little mini teaching episode where I usually do like a four part series and I'll teach on one specific topic and I'll break it down into little 20 minute episodes for four weeks. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, Kate, you are amazing. Thank you Thank so much you. for giving us so much of your time. And I feel like there is just so much that you dropped today that I'm going to probably be unpacking for a few weeks. So <laughs> same, same. <laughs> this is so, so incredible. I'm so excited to hear what our listeners got took away from this what they thought how they feel like their mindset has already shifted just from hearing you talk you are such an incredible woman and business owner and mindset coach so i'm so grateful we got to have you on the show thank you for giving us so much of your time thank you so much this was a blessing for me i appreciate it <laughs>